Love music. Live sport. Let's hear it for the girls with Maureen McGonigal and special guests on Rock Sport Radio. Good evening everyone, it's Tuesday night here at Rock Sport Radio and it's time for Let's Hear It For The Girls. So tonight we've got value for money with not just one guest but two guests because we've got Alison Ramsey and Kath Stilling, both who have had long careers in hockey. Yes? Yes. <laughs> some, some longer than others. <laughs> That's what we're going to find out. Yeah. <laughs> so let me just say welcome ladies, we've got a lot to chat about so let's start off with our usual review of all things women in sport. And I'm going to start off with uh, beach volleyball because Lynn and Mel of beach volleyball had a great weekend of competition at the side out finals um, this weekend in Leighton, London. So after five tough matches across the weekend they came away with silver so congrats to Lynn and Mel. On to the World Para Swimming Championships. Tony Shaw finished her London 2019 World Para Swimming Alliance Championships with a sixth medal as she helped Great Britain to 34 points um, with the freestyle relay team and they won a hard-fought gold in the last race of the night. Tony Shaw was in fire at the World Para Swimming Championships, taking six from six on her world debut, which included a third and fourth medals winning silver and a magnificent gold as part of the world-breaking medley relay team. And she said, it's crazy, I definitely wasn't going into this meet with the focus of a medal in the IM, so I'm really pleased. It's great my family are here to see it. My parents and my coach have given me great support. The story came to my attention last year, Scottish Women in Sports Award, she was actually a finalist, and I think she was 14 years old, which, if my maths does me right, she's 15 this year. What an achievement for a young girl, what do you think? Definitely, It's it's a fantastic achievement. I think it's a great example of why sport is is uh, is great too is that you can share your success with your family with your friends and it always means so much more being able to do that do you now know whether you're 15 or whether uh-huh. you're I'm not giving uh, Ali and my age away here but no matter what age you are being able oh. to share your success with other people is is what, what sport's all about that's really a nice thing to see and that kind of gave me a bit of goosebumps because you, you don't <laughs> well you don't think of the bigger picture at times when you're sitting here reading about an individual uh, you know and you think gosh the impact it does have on friends and family must be pretty amazing well, well it's funny from our perspective because we've had our family behind us well since we mm. were young I mean I didn't start playing when I was certainly when I was 14 or have that kind of success that she's had but uh, the family are still very supportive of us even now. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, well, well done to Tony. On to curling, and Team Jackson tweeted it was the end of the shortage Jenkins for us. Um, this year's been a good week. Lots to take into next week with us at the KW Classic. So they lost out to Team Cadderin 6-5. And then also for Team Muirhead, it finished um, Team Unjim 4, Team Muirhead 3. And again... Eve Muirhead, who's a, a prolific tweeter, said, little heavy with the last stone to give up a steal, unfortunately. Disappointed way to end, but a good first three weeks to the season. So, yeah, we look to hear more from um, Jackson and Muirhead as the season goes on. And in cycling, it was all hats off to Kerry McPhee, who absolutely stormed a 3PX um, today, winning her first attempt with such an amazing ride. Um, and again, Kerry is a fascinating tweeter. She basically tweets what's in her head and it's wonderful. She said, so much love for this beyond chuffed and just a wee bit proud of winning this epic and truly humbling race. Three peaks surpassed expectations on every level and I loved it all. Thank you for the nuggets of advice too and hope to see you all soon. 
So I think that's, she's just so nice when she tweets, it's wonderful. Um, going on to football, and it was a UEFA Women's Champions League week uh, last week, and her bare name gave a good account of themselves at home, but ultimately they face a tough task in the second leg of the UEFA Women's Champions League as Grant Scott's side fell 4-1 um, at Easter Road Stadium, and that was actually covered by Alba. I don't know if you managed to catch any of it. I, I didn't actually see it, but I have seen quite a bit of the Scottish sport on Alba. It's, fant- it's great. Isn't that uh, good? Yes. It opens up to other people to be able to see more sport. Um, so I have I've watched some of the rugby, some of the um, the Glasgow Warriors rugby on Al- uh, Alba before. Yeah. In fact, they had their launch of their new season just on... Uh, Thursday night I think it was and even more sport coming on so it's great to know we've got that in the back pocket and Margot McQuake who's been on the, the show before is actually doing a documentary on Elena Baltacha the tennis player oh, yes. right. yeah. so she does some fascinating yeah. documentaries and, and they're great to watch that's so well that's definitely something to look forward to um, still on Champions League right enough and over at the other side of the M8 with Glasgow City and they took all three points with a one nothing win over uh, Chertanovo in Moscow so they've got their next game at home this Thursday at Peters Hill Park and it's a 7.30 kick-off and anybody that's listening that's um, thinking what am I going to do on a Thursday night get yourself out and support the team and they also were one of the four semi-finalists um, named at the weekend for the 2019 Scottish Women's Cup and uh, they will meet Hibs, Motherwell or Rangers I think the draw will be carried out very, very shortly I'm going to kind of diversify a wee bit away from Scottish sport because I read something this week which I thought was a wee bit, well, it was a big bit disturbing if I'm being honest. And it was about a young football fan in Iran who um, dressed up as a man to get in and watch football um, because women are not allowed to go and watch men play football in Iran. And um, she was jailed for three days and then released uh, on bail and waited six months for a court case. And then she sort of heard some bits and pieces of news which I think frightened her. And basically she set herself alight and, and died. And I think how sad is it? I mean, we talk week and week about equality in sport, but it's nothing to what some people over the world are facing. What's your thought in some sort of tragedy like that? Well, it's, it's unbelievable, isn't it, that in this day and age that still, that still happens. I mean, I, I remember even when Kath and I were playing back in, uh, it must have been the late 80s in, in Delhi. Um, I mean, uh, hockey in India is a huge sport, but at that point it was very much a male-dominated sport. And we were playing to quite large crowds in the, uh, the stadium, and they were they were all male. And it was just one of these things that you you take for granted here, even back in the 80s. There was, there was more, far more equality uh, uh, here than there was in India. And it was Quite, it was quite an unnerving experience, wasn't it, Kath? It, it was. It was just so different from anything we'd yeah. seen before. Well, number one, I guess, to have a crowd. That was always quite nice. Well, but <laughs> to, have, yes. to have an crowd, And we remember as well, when we were chatting about this earlier, that actually there were there were quite a lot of soldiers and yeah. things there as well. So it was a really, really odd atmosphere. And I guess that and this story gets things into perspective for you sometimes, that, that as you say, there are fights to be had here for us and equality in the Western world, but there are even bigger uh, mountains to climb elsewhere yeah, yeah. in other countries as well so it's a very sad story yeah. so, uh, going back to you talking about being in Delhi and being were you aware you know was it a different atmosphere I, I know there, there are more people there than probably you've had before yeah. but was it oppressive because it was totally male what, well, was, it, what did it feel like it wasn't it wasn't just the numbers involved it was the whole play, play 
staying in India. It was the first time I'd certainly been in a country like that. And you think people talk about there being poverty here, but there's nothing compared to the poverty in India. And you know, we were we were staying in a in a hotel, and immediately outside the the hotel, there were people li- literally just living on the street, living in roundabouts. And I remember uh, outside the stadium, we used to um, we we were bussed to the to the pitch. And there were people, there were beggars, obviously, at, at the stadium. They knew there were going to be uh, foreigners there look, and the, looking for money. And there was a, uh, a woman with a, a very small child who had long plaits. And, and what she did was she yeah. tied a brick to this little girl's mm-hmm. hair mm-hmm. And, and forced her to stand up. And she started crying whenever she forced her to stand up. And mm-hmm. if, you gave, yeah. if you gave her money, then she would let the little girl sit down. And that, yeah, that's that? interesting that you bring up that story, because that's probably one of the things I remember about Delhi and India as well and it's, it again comes back to sport and what does sport do for you sport sport does for you is makes you think about other things that are going on elsewhere in the, in the world rather than just going on in your own life so that was a, a memory for me that's always stayed with me as well what Delhi did was India is a fantastic country but there, there are huge inequalities there that you get you get exposed to. you can read about it in a newspaper but there's something different from actually being there seeing it and being moved by yeah. something that is happening right outside yeah. our bus and we you kind of go okay we're here to play hockey but actually there are bigger things going on in the world yeah and we always talk about legacy after there's big events here but you know it's totally different uh, in some of the other countries uh, nothing changes they have the big event and people are still struggling mm-hmm. but um yes yeah, so it was just uh, sad to hear that and mm. i was just keen to get your your thoughts on that but let's go to skiing and nicole richie she became the first female to clock the fastest time overall when she won the scottish championships last week so uh, Nicole's time of 1.01.85 was just under a minute faster than the first meal past the line. Now, I know I shouldn't, but I just love things like that. <laughs> I, I know it's not really a quality to glow up because, <laughs> because a woman's got there. But it, what it does do is, you know, how so often have we been told that women cannot compete against men? And then we find we put them in the, the arena and not just do they compete, but they win. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't see that when you you'd shown the roundup before, uh-huh. but that's always quite nice to start a debate about uh, about that. And, yeah, I think and men and women in sport. I mean, um, there's so many sports that actually don't require physical prowess. You know, you look at snooker or darts yeah. or something like this, and there's uh-huh. still sometimes that you know we can't have women play against men. I think I suspect it will always pull in the crowds that one, wouldn't it? Men versus women and whatever sport it is. Well, look, as I heard at the weekend, I think it was um, was it Jamie Murray that was saying that he really did enjoy mixed doubles. Um, no, sorry, I beg your pardon. I was uh, fortunate to be at the Aberdeen Standard Gender Summit and Tuesday. Martina Navro- Navratilova was speaking oh, there. Oh, oh um, that would have been interesting, yeah. was it? Well, yeah. you know, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know my week's been so busy I'd forgotten it was there. Um, <laughs> but yes, it was her that was talking about how much she loved the mixed doubles. Yes. Um, so you know, athletes like it. Why can't we get more sports to sort of include something like that? Let's see where it goes. But um, yeah, well done to Nicole. And in orienteering, it was a silver medal f- uh, for Alice Wilson of Clydeside Orienteers, and she was just four seconds down from the gold at the British Middle Distance Sprint Orienteering Champs in Chinley Churn in Derbyshire. And I think I put that in just because I love that name, <laughs> Chinley Churn. <laughs> you know, that's you, a real name. Well, that, that's <laughs> it, Chin, Chinley Churn in Derbyshire. So I thought, oh how wonderful um, on to tug of war and the Ayrshire ladies tug of war returned from Castlebar Ireland as European Championships after winning gold in the 520 kilo open weight class a great performance from the girls who currently hold the Scottish British and Irish records 
and now retain the European title, which they first won at 2017 European Championships in Southport in England. And again, as we're coming up to um, award season, um, tug of war actually last year became world championship. The Yorkshire girls became world champions, oh and um, wow. they came out to uh, the Scottish Women in Sports Awards dinner. Uh-huh. And I've never seen a group of girls more delighted to be there. And particularly when we have um, a review on the screen of all the sports, we managed to get some footage of this. And the cheer that went up for them—they just absolutely loved it. And they do so much good at trying to promote their sports. It's it's glad to see that they're still there and they're still on top. Now, I couldn't finish off this week without talking about golf. <laughs> um, what a wonderful, wonderful um, scene it was um, last at the weekend there on Sunday um, for Team Europe. Um, so unexpected. I think it's 13 years, 14 years since Europe have actually won this trophy and delighted to see I was fortunate enough to be there. Um, first time... Um, well, first time in something that large scale in golf because the crowds were immense. I don't know, did you just watch it on television? I, I saw some of the highlights on television. It did. It looked fantastic. That was the first thing that struck me, I think, was how big the crowds were and how great that was. That There were, there were so many people turning out for women's golf. I, mean, um, I think there was talk of over 100,000 over the, right? the week actually being in Scotland, whether, you know. Yeah, and great for the tourist well, industry well, as well. Well, well fantastic, fantastic for Perthshire. I'm, I'm yeah. from that area. <laughs> and I thought, that's amazing. They've had fantastic weather again, just like they had for the Ryder Cup. So somebody's yeah. obviously looking down on the Perthshire tourist board and uh, thinking, this, this is just such a great advert for the... Uh, for the area and there was all nationalities there yeah. I mean and yeah. all manners of costumes um, I couldn't believe it it was just such a fun event yeah. and, and people could wander around and they also had a zone where you could take your kids so everything mm. kids get in free mm-hmm. and there was little mini um, courses for them to try it out there was big screens up people could have picnics sitting at tables it was just so was well a family thought event, out yeah, yeah. I, think, I think golf's great because you can get so close to the players as well you could be standing you know 10 yards from them and watch I always remember I went to watch some golf at, at um, Troon one of the times and you think that is Tiger Woods and he's standing there and hitting the ball off the tee 10 yards <laughs> Oh, sort of thing. So it's great for people to be able to get so close to yes. their sports heroes yes. and, and watch them that yes, way. Yes, there's not many sports that are like yeah, that really, is yeah. it? You can get within touching distance. Uh, and the other thing I think that's really interesting about things like the Ryder Cup and the Solheim Cup is how you see individuals then play as a team. So you have people like Rory McIlroy and people in the, in the Solheim Cup who normally they're just playing for themselves, if you like, and then all of a sudden you put them in a team atmosphere mm-hmm. and how much they love that, how much they love playing together together and playing as a team um, if you read some of uh, some of the things that some of them have written about that um, you know it, it comes back to what do team sports you know uh, give you and it's a bit extra I think so f- for anybody who absolutely slept over the weekend um, Europe won the last three singles matches to seal a sensational 14 and a half 13 and a half Solheim Cup victory over the United States at Glen Eagles and clinching the victory for the team was um, Suzanne Peterson and she admitted she, she didn't know that her putt was the one to win the trophy and she says it was really a big blur she says I didn't know I was just trying to make a birdie but you know as you were saying about the crowds I mean I was there and, and you're not necessarily 
where the golf is happening because there's so many different parts. But the roar that we had and everyone started running towards this roar, people knew that that was something good that was happening for Europe. It was amazing. So Norwegian, um, the Norwegian uh, Peterson, she was originally se- selected as vice captain because I think she just had a baby in November 2017. But Katrina Matthews decided to, to take her on the team and... Um, I think for Katrina herself, she said, this is probably the best moment of my career. It's difficult to describe. I have all these people to celebrate with. And uh, I think she was just absolutely shell-shocked, elated every single word you could think of. It was just fabulous to see. And I think that um, uh, Pettersson's now retired, hasn't she? So I mean, yes. what, what, a way to, what a way to finish. I mean, you would have to that finish on that. Pot, I, know. Yeah. I think she has to write a book probably now or something, doesn't or she? A film. A, a film. A something. film about it. Yeah, but it's a, it's a very nice story. Yeah, fantastic um, story. Uh, for her, I guess. And I guess, you know, women coming back to play sport and achieving you know, uh, amazing things once they've had children is now actually more becoming the norm in many ways. You know, you look at Serena Williams and what she's achieved and and it's nice to see stories like that where you say, well, you can have a family but you can still have sport and you can still achieve um, great things um, before the, and the, after, hopefully. At the, at the very, very highest level. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think for me, uh, when I was at home later last night and looking at the the sort of highlights um, the picture that must make the front pages are holding a little baby I don't know if you saw that I didn't know but and that would be it was uh... fabulous and I thought that's the picture that's the picture that sums it all up so um, it was great um, to watch and I think they did so well at promoting it yeah huge event I mean a mil- millions of people well thousands of people I'm prone to exaggeration as you might know <laughs> Thousands of people, but so, so, so well organised. I was delighted, delighted to be part um, of the day yesterday. And just to finish our roundup, just for anybody sitting out there, um, the 28th of September to the 4th of October is going to be Scottish Women and Girls in Sport Week. Um, and there's so much that you can do to be part of that. The hashtag for it is She Can, She Will. Um, and, you know, just think of something quirky, something different, get on the social media, do something for um, Scottish women and girls in Sport Week. And uh, who knows where we'll be this time next year. So we are going to take a little break um, and just time. I keep on saying every week it's time for a cuppa, but I'm forgetting it's eight o'clock at night. So it's maybe time for a little glass of red or what? a gin. Glass of red or wine. <laughs> a little something that you fancy. Um, Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, not in the studio, ladies. <laughs> and we will be back in a couple of minutes just to hear a little bit more from uh, Ali and Kath. So don't go away. We'll be back shortly. Have you picked up the Feel the Heat brochure from your local plum base? Get one today and take advantage of great offers, including Polypipe's Polymax 100-piece fittings bucket at £99.99. That's a 15% saving on purchasing individual pieces, and it's exclusive to plum base. The Polypipe Polymax 100-piece fittings bucket is just part of the Polypipe range available in the plum base Feel the Heat brochure. Shop online now at plumbase.co.uk or grab one from your local branch. Motor Point, we've put the super into Car Supermarket. We're here to save the day with a choice of over 7,000 low mileage, nearly new cars. Find your next car in a flash with our lightning fast service and same day drive away. Plus, with Motor Point's price pledge, if you find the same car for less, we'll match the price and give you a £50 Amazon voucher. Visit Motor Point Glasgow today, just two minutes from Junction 3 of the M74. T's and C's apply. See website for details. 
The list of things you need to do gets longer at this time of year, whether that's for the house or in your business. So take one thing off your list right now. Your septic tank could need emptied. Let Grant Henderson Tankers empty your septic tank in the home or work, farm, factory or workshop at very competitive rates. We are septic tank specialists, experienced, safe and dedicated to environmental safety with our own licensed disposal site. Find out more at wemovesh.it or call 01698 284 987. Grant Henderson Tankers, let the experts manage your waste. William, Pamela and Anthony were sold investments by banks and ended up losing money. Luckily, they contacted Goodwin Barrett and were able to claim back a total of £65,500. If you've lost money on an investment sold by a bank, even if you no longer have it or the paperwork, just text GOOD to 6677 to discover how much you could be owed. That's GOOD to 6677. You don't need a claims management company to make a complaint and if unsuccessful, you can refer it free to the financial ombudsman. Love music. Live sport. Let's hear it for the girls with Maureen McGonigal and special guests on Rock Sport Radio. So welcome back to tonight's Let's Hear It for the Girls and to our special guests, Alison and Kath, who both play Masters Hockey, um, which I believe starts at over 30s, is that right? Well, it start, It has started at over 40s uh, uh-huh. up to this year, but we've now got an over, or we will be having an over 35 side. Uh-huh. So, so you can be a master as long as you're over 35. As long as you're yes. And good at it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think Masters is a nicer name as well. Now, I think we used to be called Veterans, veterans didn't we? Yes. But we quite like Masters. I'm kind of with you in that one. Yeah. I'm kind of with you in that one. Now, I'm going to start off by saying um, you're both a bit of a legend in the hockey world. Um, yeah, do you realise that? <laughs> we'll go a bit quiet here. <laughs> yes, that's the first time. <laughs> I've been hearing all about you get a marvellous show to come, so let's start at where are we now in hockey? In terms of the Masters hockey and things like that? Do you yes, want to hear certainly. A bit more about want to hear, I want to hear yeah. about you. Yeah. I want to hear about you. Ali, you can go first. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, f- as far as Masters hockey is concerned, uh, we've, uh, we, well, the, 55, the over 55s teams just on come off the back of a very successful season. In fact, our most successful season ever uh, in that we won the uh, silver medals at the recent uh, European uh, Cup. Well, where was that held? That was held in Krefeld in Germany, just in in August. So not long, not long back from that. Well, and still celebrating. Uh, yes, probably still celebrating. We're, we're, we're thinking about the start of the next season already, though. Uh huh. So tell me about that that tour. What was it like? Well, we we went with uh, with high expectations in that we we had uh, performed pretty well at the home countries tournament because each year we have um, internationally uh, home countries where we play England, Ireland and Wales and then either a World Cup or a European Cup to prepare for. So we had uh, the 55s, over 55s team had uh, uh, been successful at the home countries. We'd just been beaten by England but not by very much and so we went in with high hopes to the uh, to the European and we played uh, six games in total. We won the first five, but unfortunately, um, as has been the case uh, in recent years, we were beaten by England in the in the final. But we uh, we we did pretty well to get to the final. We beat the Dutch in the uh, semi final, which was a which was a good result for us. I mean, I think everyone knows about the success of England. Was it the Commonwealth Games recently that they had? Uh... 
uh, a, a great success. Well, in, in England, England are, uh, obviously have a lot of players to choose from, mm. and they have a very well um, established masters setup and a lot of um, veterans leagues. Uh, down in England and simply because of the numbers we find it difficult to compete and I suppose that's one of the reasons why we are looking to try and encourage more players and they don't necessarily have to have played at a um, at international level but people who've kept themselves fit over the years and are keen to get um, to get involved uh, trying to trying to get them to uh, play masters hockey put yeah. themselves forward but I was thinking you know in terms of England in terms of, of, of all their hockey they're still strong but I take your point in terms of the, having you know the vast numbers to choose from it's it's mm-hmm. going to be a, a challenge but it's a great challenge to have oh yes yeah. absolutely and we're, we're aiming for aiming for goals next time so well, another year. That's perfect. That's I think, perfect. I think that's right. I think there is always a bit of a rivalry, isn't there? It always has been always all, has through, been, all yes. the way through. No matter what level you play at, there's always a bit of Scotland England rivalry. And I think we like our underdog status quite a lot of the time. But Ali's mm-hmm. right. We, you know, to have some more players as part of our our masters uh, group would be be great at, at challenging that, taking that on further. Yeah, well, hopefully we can go into a wee bit more about that later on because I want to focus on you, Ali, at the moment. Um, So, I mean, I read that you retired in 1995 after a 13-year international career, which included a bronze medal in the 1992 um, Summer Olympics um, in Barcelona. Um, And also you have 250 appearances for Scotland and Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Um, So... Did you come out of the sport for a while? What happened if you retired in '95? Uh, when did you come back? Well, I, uh, I played internationally uh, up to 1995 and then retired from the full Scotland side. But I, I didn't stop playing hockey altogether. I think it's quite uh, quite important to sort of keep going. And uh, so I've, I played club hockey after that. And then when the Masters launched in uh, probably about 12 years ago now, I, the, to start off with, there was just the one the one team. So I was uh, playing in that team and basically just kept myself fit over the years and still enjoy the competitive nature of hockey. And uh, so, th- so although it, it's very different, obviously, from being a full international, it's it's doing as, as well as we can at our advanced age <laughs> well I didn't see anybody limping in or you know <laughs> I we, think we still get we still get the well we still get quite a lot of injuries in fact probably more injuries now but it's not so much the I well, I find certainly Kath's obviously significantly younger but thank it's, you <laughs> but it, <laughs> take that wouldn't you I will, yeah. I'll take that. It, it's not it's not so much the actual playing that's the problem it's more the recovery and recovery from injury and one of the things that we find now in the international tournaments uh, at Masters level is that we're playing on consecutive days often so there's really is quite a demand on your body whereas the, the, the proper internationals they, they get obviously a, a longer period to recover. Yeah and that is quite strange because you think people would understand that you would benefit from a sort of break in between so consecutive yeah. days is quite hard to Yeah the, the, the problem is that obviously it's, it's a completely amateur setup, and we can only take a, a limited amount of time when we're, when we're playing it's uh, we're taking it as our holidays and it's not like the um, the, the youngsters who are playing in the, the real team when they're lottery funded and they're um, you know they're, they're not actually trying to combine we're, we're trying to combine jobs with uh, well those people who aren't retired are combining jobs with playing as well so it's only a limited uh, time that we can actually play so um, I'm reading here that you're also um, Alison Ramsey MBE 
<laughs> when did this happen? Uh, well, it, ha- uh, it happened a while ago. It was just w- once I finished playing. Um, I re- yes, I received that honour from the Queen, which was a really exciting day. Down Where did in you London. go? To, oh, yes, yes, down in London. D- down yes, Buckingham Palace, and it was given by the Queen. So it was for services to. And was hockey. it actually the Queen on the day? It was the Queen wow. on the day. Yeah. So it was just, I think, well, for the number of caps that I that I got. At one point, I was the world's most capped hockey player but that's a great accolade well, isn't it but there's a lot more games played now so that 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 record has long since gone but do you get capped playing in the masters if you're no does no. that not happen no. no i mean why shouldn't it happen or is this a bit controversial no i don't think it's not something we've we've i guess really talked about um, doing, I guess. I mean, we, what we do, which is nice, is recognise people as first cap. So yeah. if they've not played before, um, and particularly if they've never played for Scotland before at any level and they, they, they have a cap, we, we sort of recognise that informally mm-hmm. um, uh-huh. as a, a cap. But we don't count them, I don't think. No. In the we same don't way. count the caps. No. Yeah. Oh, we're a bit blasé because we've got so many yeah. under our belt. Well. Why do we need any more? Should. Maybe you're right. This is, that's why talking like this is quite good. You maybe come up with other things that well, maybe we should think about. Sometimes you're too involved in your own process yeah. that you know, someone from outside throwing in a little bomb there. So, you were very, very quiet about the MBE, but I'm going to actually embarrass you a wee bit more because you're also the recipient of the McRobert Thistle Award in 1995. And I think when we were speaking earlier, you kind of looked at me puzzled and went, oh yeah, that's right. This is where you can't see Ali's face here, actually, as we're doing this. Yes, that's right. So what is that? Tell me, or do you not remember? I remember remember at the time it was was a very prestigious prestigious it award. It is a um, very prestigious award. I have heard of it. Yes. Well, it, it, uh, the only, the, well, the one thing I do remember about it was that um, a photographer uh, a photographer wanted to come along and take a photograph of me uh, for the, the papers and they phoned and I, I used to uh, tutor at Dundee University in the, uh, so I'm a, a solicitor so I used to uh, tutor in the uh, postgraduate legal diploma and I said well I'm, I'm, I'm tutoring, I, I, I've not got any hockey stuff with me, I've got, I've got a, a stick, so they said oh that's fine so they ended up taking a, this photograph of me uh, running along the road in high heels and a, and a what business <laughs> Short, a skirt, of skirt and a jacket, <laughs> running with this hockey stick. Um, but having said that, it was um, it actually won the photographer a woman in sport award that year because <laughs> wow, it, it was actually a very, it was a very good photograph. But uh, that that's the thing I really remember about that award. But it was it was actually a very nice uh, very nice ceremony. And uh, my coach uh, Dennis Hay, uh, GB coach, came along and uh, there was there was a nice reception. My family were there. So it was it was good. It was interesting when you when you started um, saying that because I was thinking, you know, you, you you've both been there through the years. Have you noticed much of a change in terms of the the media attention um, coming to hockey and predict uh, in specific women's hockey? Has there been a change? Yeah, yeah, I think there is, and I think it's fantastic. I think it's made a huge difference, and it's making a huge difference. So it's very positive. I mean, a lot. Other stuff's probably come off the back of GB women's success um, winning gold in Rio uh, in the last Olympics. I think that's what I was trying to say. Definitely driven and snowballed, (laughs) you know, an increase in publicity. And the Scottish Hockey Union have done well with hosting some European championships recently as well, and then live streaming that so that you can access, and anyone can access it, and they're now live streaming some of the club games, you know, the, the cup games. And so that just means that lots of people out there, lots of girls, 
girls hopefully out there can see this on telly and say I'd like a bit of that. Yeah. I think also your um, facilities in yeah. Glasgow Green they yep. must have made a huge yeah. difference having the kind of home um, that's recognised and it's a great playing facility it is, yeah. yeah. We've got two pitches there, which makes a big difference. So it means you can host events, mm-hmm. and that definitely helps yeah. with, you know, publicising sport and come along and join in and see. And I think the the only dis- the disappointing thing in Rio was that unfortunately there were no Scottish women yeah. in in the squad. Yeah, and, and that that was a shame because I think you do need the personalities up here to yeah. to get people you know looking at role models so that that was that was the only disappointment really from from, from a scottish from a scottish from a scottish perspective did you feel at that point there there was someone that should have been selected um, not no it was a very it was a very strong squad i mean we've mm. we've had we've had a few scottish players who are still mm. involved in the men's mm. and the women's uh, gb setup and hopefully for tokyo that um, you know some of them will make it because i think that does make a, a difference i mean i was i was lucky back in in 92 when we when we won the medal there was there three of us playing then so it, the numbers have fluctuated but I, I couldn't say honestly that I thought there were players that should have been there that, that weren't selected but it, it was a, a, I think for Scottish hockey it's it's a good thing to have more people involved yeah. in, in, in you know that success as well so you're right yeah mm. so we've sort of um, spoken about your uh, hockey career and you sound like a very busy lady but also you're a solicitor by day Yes, by day. I was going to say by day and by night. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it's working twenty-four the, hours. Twenty-four hours mm-hmm. a day. Yeah. So I've worked in a. I work in a small uh, rural firm in, in Perth, Jameson and Mackay, and I've been there for 36, 36 years. So no, I enjoy. I enjoy my work there. It's a. It's a nice atmosphere. I'm one of the. Uh, well, I'm the senior partner there, so um, I've got a, a, a wide client base, and I act for a lot of elderly clients and go visiting, go to hospitals. Uh, not the not the hospitals that Kath works in, but mm-hmm. hospitals in Perth and um, residential homes, that kind of thing, and see elderly clients. And I suppose over the years they've been a great supporter of your sport. Well, it's funny actually because I think I think working in a small uh, well, the smallish city as Perth now is, uh, you know, people people know you, and it, there's still quite a lot of client loyalty. And so I'm now acting for for the, not only the children of my original clients, but sometimes the grand. <laughs> the grandchildren of people that I acted for, you know, 30-odd years ago. But it is, it's a really nice atmosphere, a, a nice firm to work with, and, uh, yeah, good fun. Mm. But no sign of retirement yet. Good for you. <laughs> and that's that's from the hockey as well, isn't well, it? Well, that, no, that's, yes, in all, all aspects of my life. <laughs> that's the spirit. Kath, what about you? You're playing for Clydesdale Western. You've played for Scotland and GB, and you play for the 50s team. Yes. Um <laughs> You just missed out in the bronze in the Euros for the second year in a row. Yeah, so so last year we played the World Cup in Terrassa and we're playing off for um, a bronze at that point and just missed out uh, then. So this year we were hoping to, to go one better or more than one better, but at least one better. And uh, we came up against a very strong England team in um the the semi-finals initially um, and they went through to the final so we then played Ireland um, for the bronze medal and it was a pretty tight game it always is against Ireland Scotland-Ireland games are, are always tight and tough and they're, they're, they're you know they're a great team we got on well with them um, and we're, we're rivals and they it was a close game and they beat us 1-0 so it was disappointing
disappointing at the end to not get a medal out of it. But I mean, we still had a fantastic time. We had we we won four games. We beat Germany, the hosts, two one. That didn't go down well with the locals, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> but that was a great game to beat them. They were a good team, so beating them two one was a, was quite a big achievement as well. So we've done, you know, we did well getting to the 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 a medal playoff, which is where where we wanted to get to, and maybe maybe third year, maybe next year that will be the. The time we do it. Is there a strong masters, um, you know, theme throughout Europe? You know, do you get good competition? Um, yeah. So, so as Ali said, the the masters league in England, there's quite a strong masters um, league there. And then there's always every year we have a home country. So within the UK, there's there's quite strong masters hockey. And then um, yeah. So every two years there's a European masters. So there's always Holland, Germany. Uh, France, uh, Spain um, and others that are involved in that. There's quite strong the Masters hockey there and even actually in fact we've had Australia I think came over once didn't they Ali to the to the Europeans we thought that's it's a bit of the Eurovision Song Contest you think how can Australia actually come and play in the Europeans but anyway they were about so they wanted to play so fair enough and then there was the World Cup the World Cup was fantastic in Terrassa last year I hadn't played in a Masters World Cup before and so there was men's teams there was women's teams and all over and we had people from South America we had Canada we had New Zealand playing it was fantastic to see so many people still playing high level sport about and all those age groups from all around the world. The problem really it, was, it was a bit of a victim of its own success because yeah. there's been there were just so many teams competing that then they've decided for the future that it has to be split into different age groups and um, mm. which is takes away a wee bit of the atmosphere. But from a practical perspective, it, it just wasn't possible for a single country to host. A, a tournament of that size. It was quite hard to get to the bar as well, I found that. that, that <laughs> at the end of the tournament, obviously. That was, that was one of the questions yeah. I was going to ask you. I mean, surely you must have made some real good friendships over the years, you know, meeting with people perhaps once or twice a year when you're yeah. participating. So, yes, yeah, so so you make you make really good friendships in amongst your team and your squads. And the great thing is the 55s support the 50s and vice versa. So we have friendships in amongst our uh, squads. We have friendships that you uh, refresh from people you hadn't seen for 20, 30 years and that's really special new friends so you've got Scottish friendships and then you've got people that I will remember you played against mm. you know 20, 30 years yeah. ago from other countries and you occasionally come across them as well and you're playing opposite them again so there's a girl she's called Kath as well that plays for England she's a defender and I'm a forward and I'm called Kath so there was uh, there was much confusion when we played Scotland England there were two Caths and everyone was shouting Kath and the two of us <laughs> are looking at each other as if to say well, what, what actually we're supposed to be doing here so yeah there, there's a bond undoubtedly that forums uh, with the sport that we play um, which is part of the special you know the reason we do it so I'm reading you've got two boys yes and I think Craig's a, a hockey nut but Ben is not and they're, yeah. they're twins that's quite strange isn't yeah, it yeah so they're non-identical non twins and they're very different personalities which is uh, is fun I wouldn't have it, have, have it any other way so it is interesting that, that I mean they like their own things um, so um, and, and Craig I guess is a bit more demonstrative and, and you know he, he likes getting involved in things Ben's a bit quieter so part of this again the Masters and stuff is, is getting the kids and having the kids involved so Sally will know this as well that, that we we um, Ali Hosey set up some masters training before we went away to our competition just in Glasgow we all came round and actually what people did was just bring their kids round as well so we're doing some training the kids are all playing doing a bit of training and a bit of hockey and that's part of the legacy I think that masters brings as well so you're inspiring friends family 
your kids, your nephews, your nieces, whoever, to all be part of that whole process. And they see me going out and enjoying myself. Okay, sometimes we're not successful, but that's okay for kids to see as well. Their parents, you know, we want to be successful. We try, we try hard, we endeavour, we train, and sometimes it doesn't work, and that's okay because we can still enjoy what we do and, and see sport for what it is. Oh, I think you're absolutely right. I think that's a lesson that children have to, to learn. I was playing a Kerplunk and... Oh, um, oh I haven't played that for years. <laughs> playing Kerplunk and uh, Snakes and Ladders with my grandson at the weekend and we had one game of each because I won both and he didn't want to play after that. So <laughs> I'm saying, well, this is a lesson you've got to learn. You know, you, you can't always win, no, but I, you've got to get the resilience to want to come back and try again. Absolutely. As kids, we, you know, you, you sit you say that to kids, you know, it's not, you know, you have to, to learn to lose as well. But they have to see you doing that too sometimes. Yeah, I and think still that's been, perfect. Been, been okay. So, so, yeah, so my kids are great, great so fun. They're all a bit different, but they're great. Craig's fun. into hockey. What does Ben do? So, well, that's a very good question. <laughs> Is that the million dollar question there? No, but he, it's, so he, he'll watch a bit of sport and he'll play a bit of sport. He plays play sport at school. School's great for encouraging sports. He'll do a bit of rugby and he plays a bit of hockey and things as well. So he'll, he'll do a bit of sport. Like all kids nowadays, they like their, um, their games and things yes. as well, you know. So they can't get away from that. I mean, in our day, we had, I played football instead. So I used to go out of a night, there was nothing else to do, and kick a football around. Whereas kids, I guess, have got other options. But uh, he, in his own quiet, we still sees what's going on around the sport that each of us He's do. still young, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. And he, he, in his time, he'll decide whether that's what he wants to do. And you can, all you can do, I guess, is encourage, show this is what we get out of it, and he'll choose whether he wants to do that at some point in time, and that's fine. Well, I just think of you both sitting here, how busy a life you've got, because <laughs> tell us about your day job. I mean, this must keep you going. It's not nine to five for a start, is it? Yeah, well, it, it, it is. Actually, now it's, it's more nine to five than it used to be, so I'm a, a doctor and I used to do more in the way of shifts and on call and things so I'd have to be on call a weekend or overnight and that, that's tougher especially as you get older that's tougher so I don't do as much of that now because I've taken a step back but yeah I work in the Reno unit in Forth Valley Royal Hospital and in the Queen Elizabeth University Hospital here in Glasgow and I work with a fantastic team that is looking after kidney patients with all sorts of, of um, different illnesses and uh, and it's it's my day job is fantastic because I see people enduring and going through things that keep me me and what I do in perspective hugely. Um, so, you know, you think hockey's a game and I love it, but there again there are people you know putting up with and, and going through quite a lot more uh, other times. And equally. What hockey does for me is it allows me to have a bit of downtime as well. So I get, you know, I see things and I see people enduring things that's quite hard and quite tough sometimes. So it's quite nice to be able to step away from that sometimes and do something different. You can switch off. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's a bit of me time and there's a bit of time for it to, to allow me to do that. So that's great. So we spoke earlier about um, Scottish hockey and the push and the drive they've got to get more people into the Masters. Um, so you're starting Masters now at 35, you've got 35, 40, 45, 50, 55, 60. Uh, are those teams complete? Uh, is, is there women participating at every age group well, or is that more difficult? Is there more men? Well, well, in, in the past there's certainly been um, more me- uh, age groups for the men's hockey and it's the same in, in the other countries as well. Uh, but the Scotland have always gone up to age of, over, well, over 60 and we've now got a significant number of players who are over 65 as well. So the women's... The women's 
are sort of moving up through the age groups. We started this new age group of over 35 this year, so that's one that we're really looking for a push for uh, players in the sort of 34, even if you're 34 at the moment, as long as you're 35 next year, you can play in the over 35. (laughs) is old enough Uh Um, and we're looking particularly for just for ideally for players who've had a lot of experience either internationally or national league but it doesn't have to be that's the beauty of the the sport is that we've got players in in the teams with all uh, from all kinds of backgrounds from all over scotland some of them come up from england yeah uh, quite yeah. a few of them come up from england to play and we're, we're looking for all kinds of experience in all different positions and in, in how all how often do you meet so so what what, well, what would be the commitment if somebody's listening in and they think gosh i played hockey i was quite good at it i really think i would like to get back into yeah. it a what do they do and b What's the commitment? Well, they've, they've probably got to be playing fairly regular hockey at weekends with maybe with maybe a club, but they can uh, come along to... There's trials um, in the autumn. Uh, we've got a, a, a sort of a get-together at the end of last weekend in September. And then the, Which is not trials. that far away, no, really. No, yeah. the, the uh, 29th of September uh-huh. at, yeah. at Force Bank. And then after that, we generally have... Uh, maybe two or three other trial days and then the the squads get selected by by the coach of the squads but that's the other thing we're looking it's difficult because we've um because we're getting extra age groups to try and get the commitment from a, you know a coach and a manager for each team because there's quite a lot involved in organizing it we're now no longer we, we you really can't play and coach at the same time because which is what we used to try and do but it's much better having that structure and having the support um, of coaches and managers because yeah again a victim of our own success in many ways of 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 expanding so much into that there's there's really good information on the um the scottish women masters hockey website about those days that we're talking about the meetup so the the website is www.scottishwomenmastershockey that's all one word dot uk and that's on that there that's got we're in the trial dates are and some information about the home countries next year which is going to be in Edinburgh so that's a home home countries which is great and the, the World Cups yeah, but we, <laughs> sounds good. We're, yeah. we're hoping that the, the fact that it's a, a home home country is in Edinburgh and that certainly for the younger age groups that the um, the World Cup's actually in England so it doesn't involve quite the same commitment um, to, to get to get to places okay let me ask you a question that's just popped into my head there you know as the age groups go up um has there ever been a, a, a mixed hockey team? Is that something that they would look at? Is there a reason mm. that shouldn't happen? I mean, it seems to me if you're lacking in numbers as you go up, but there's less testosterone maybe thrown around by our male counterparts. Um, Do you want to ask that one, Alex? I don't know. It's not something, again, you know, having these kind of conversations is interesting, what, what it throws up. Um, I don't think that is anything we've ever thought about, partly because... You know, we want to encourage women, women. to mm-hmm. continue to play sport all the way through. And I guess you might dilute it if you then, you know, said we'll play we'll play mixed teams. I think there are enough of I think there are enough women, Scottish women and Scottish men who can can um, you know support the teams that we're currently doing. And I guess that's the way we've always thought. I, of yeah, it. I think I think there's probably a plenty opportunity for mixed teams to play in sort of festival club stuff. Yes, club things, hockey yeah. and festival hockey. Yeah. Whereas the Masters is very much um, it's a, it is a very competitive environment so it's not um it, you know it's not necessarily uh, the sort of thing that would that mixed hockey is sort of mixed hockey is more a sort of 
enjoyment, fun, fun thing rather than yes. it was quite as competitive. But I mean, the men's teams, they go up to, I think they've yes. just recently so, had, um, was it not, not over 80s international well, between? There, was, there were some photos I saw. Over 80s. Wow. I mean, yeah. it's amazing. Yes. Now, I'm not thinking that the women are going to get to the over 80s yet. <laughs> It would surprise me, Ali, if you were still on a a couple of of hockey stick. (laughs) I was going to come back in about 40 years, ladies. Let me know. (laughs) That's generous with you, 40 years. It's not quite as long as that, but no. But also the shout out for coaches and team managers, I think, yeah, that's, that's really relevant. But also for officials... Yeah, yes. that, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the... Even if it's people that have been involved in hockey in the past yeah. and maybe don't think that they can play competitively anymore, but just want to be involved in the, you know, because it's great, it's great fun, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's great camaraderie yeah. Yeah. with the amongst the teams, and even if you want to just be involved in that, there there will be a role for you in masters hockey. But that's always a problem, isn't it? You know, we work hard, we work hard to get people to participate. We forget that there's a mm. whole system mm-hmm. uh, surrounding the people that that needs to be put in place in terms of coaching managers, officials, facilities, etc. Um, so it would be good to just anyone out there that's got an interest, it would say go on to Scottish Women's Masters Hockey. Is it just dot UK? UK? It is actually. It's a slightly oh, unusual That's right. Um, I website. thought I'd missed something so there. Um, but talking about officials, and, and as I say, we're, we're into the kind of awards season at the moment. Um, we've had one of the Scottish hockey officials, Sarah Wilson, mm. um, lift the, the prize for the best official um, two years in a row. That's, that's she must one. be some. Um, she's done very. She's done very well. Very, very, very good umpire, yeah. and she's just been. Well, she's been uh, recognised um, how good she is, and that she's just been appointed for the uh, Tokyo Olympics. That again, is again, but she's already pretty done, amazing, she's, isn't it? To think that somebody within Scotland. I mean, because you know, women struggle for media coverage at the best of times participating in a sport but I think when it comes down to officials they very rarely get the coverage that they deserve and very rarely do they get the opportunity to be awarded um, and celebrated so I think it's, it's an important um, category for us to have I think I think that's definitely right I mean umpires get a bit of a hard time no matter who they are or where they are well they do but Catherine <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, very polite um, <laughs> is there something you'd like to say no, to all umpires no. out there Catherine <laughs> feel free to use this to get it off your chest not at all but it, it, we, we can all celebrate and, and congratulate Sarah on that success because that that, that's, oh, that's uh, fantastic that's great. Yeah. well listen we're, we're, we're kind of getting to the end of the programme but I think let's go over again what's happening this year um, you've got the Home Countries Tournament in Edinburgh on the 26th to the 28th of June where do you play that? So that'll be at Peffermill, uh, the Edinburgh University playing grounds there at Peffermill. So mm-hmm. uh, two pitches, um, it's a nice cafe area, there's an area for people to come and support. Uh, might be an opportunity for sponsorship as well, just thinking about that. Well, um, again, if anybody wants any more information, I think it's on your website. Yes, that's uh, all the information's there in terms of wh- when we're playing, where we're playing. So um, spectators, sponsors, you name it, get on the website, make contact. Get involved with us. We're a great involved. group to be involved in, highly motivated, and we're, as, we're, we're the kind of people that get things done, I good. think. So good. And then World Cup qualification is happening in August and September, England and South Africa. Um, so that's for the 35s to 40s and 45 to 60s. So can I just wish you good luck with those particular tournaments? Thank you very much. And um, 
Is there a reason for this song? Because you're going, Kath, you're going to tell us um, the song we're going to play out. Is there a That's specific right. reason? Well, that actually, we were we had talked before actually at saying that Alan and I thought we should have Young at Heart by the Blue Bells. Bells. It's quite yeah. an old song. Not everyone uh-huh. might remember that one, but we thought it sort of said something about us, really. But you did but decline to sing us out, so we, we actually did decline to, to sing you out on that one. So well, I, I could have I could have hummed them out because <laughs> we, we were play, when we were away just recently. We had that, that um, the. The, the game where you have to keep humming humming songs and people have to guess them. Were you, were you, did you win that? Are no, you I didn't. I, no, I was absolutely <laughs> awful at it. Competitive to the end. <laughs> so Primal Scream and Rocks, as we're going to do, because it is a rocky song and we are rock sports, so we yeah. thought that, that would be good, and it's pretty up Thank you very yeah. much. And now listen, if you want to hum out to Primal Scream, thank you. <laughs> and thank you, ladies. Enjoyed our chat. Thank you for thank giving you. us the opportunity to come and chat to you. Yeah, thank you very much. Love music. Live sport. Let's hear it for the girls with Maureen McGonigal and special guests on Rock Sport Radio.